Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, a turntable that you can put together and everything's in the box. A wallet that turns into a bag and grow plants with paper. All that more coming up. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, it is time for the KitCast, the podcast where we go out, find crowdfunding projects, and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I am KT Data, one half of the show, and joining me is a man who cares for his kids a lot because he did he he did the the most amazing thing by borrowing a switch for his kids, possibly indefinitely, the one and only Drew Tyler. <laughs> you doing today? And that and that takes a lot, right? To <laughs> ask somebody to say, "May I hold this for a couple of weeks, months, yeah, and maybe yeah, a year?" This, yeah, this, this console that is insanely hard to get right now in the market. Could I just? Borrow yours for X amount of time, where X is X right now. X, X is totally X. Like, <laughs> it's like, I have played so many hours of Breath of the Wild that I have not turned on my PlayStation for games oh, for dear. probably four four weeks. Like I, I'm loving Zelda, loving it. Oh yeah, I, I let's see the problem, and we'll get to the crowdfunding stuff, guys. But the yeah, Switch, we, I'm sure we will. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Switch has ruined me because I remember when I got my Switch it was the same week that Horizon Zero Dawn came out. Oh. So I got that. Two days later, the Switch comes out. I I found myself sitting in bed, playing on the Switch, and then staring at the collector's edition of Horizon Zero Dawn, saying, I should play you, but I can't play you in bed. <laughs> right, right. I <laughs> and I can't. And you can sit anywhere and play that. So have you gotten to Horizon yet? No. It's still Don't, like... Oh, it is good. That one is so good. <laughs> yeah, like, every... Zelda is fun and, and expansive. Horizon, it's just as good. I don't, but I gotta go catch horses and fall off cliffs because <laughs> I over or I underestimate the amount of stamina it takes me to climb stuff. It's it's so good, it's yeah. so good. Um, so if this is your first time watching, yes, this is this is what we do at the beginning of the show because I don't get to see Drew that often, and it's sad because we live an hour away from each other. Right. But both of us live, you know, the lifestyle of the rich and the famous. Or we, right? or we imagine that. Um, so, but if you're first time watching, first of all, welcome to the show. Um, and before we go into our big projects, we have some news. And I, I find this happens every single year right around this July time where I guess this is where the dog days of summer term comes from because there's yeah. not a lot of news around this time. Yeah, too hot to do anything. So just, yeah, same in my house. Like, we're just lazy. Yep. So, um what we're going to do is our first news star, um, news item is actually about a company, as my stuff starts freezing. Um, <laughs> Joe. Um, it is called, uh, what is it called? Um, it is called Haltian. I think that's how you say the name of the company. Haltian? Yeah, Haltian. Haltian? Halshin? I don't know. Um, but it is a company in Finland, and... So you're probably like Finland. Why? Why are you looking at Finland? So right. Finland was the home of Nokia, who used to be one of the largest manufacturers in the world for technology, right? I mean, yes, I remember the Nokia days. Yeah, everybody had the candy bar style phone. I'm debating on going back just because, sure, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, so what they do is this is actually built from about 85 or so employees that were formerly working at Nokia in their R&D department. So they would develop different phones, different tablets and stuff. Most of it oh. never never came out into the market um, because um, Nokia, <laughs> if you guys didn't notice, Nokia is in a lot of trouble and has sold a lot of their assets out. 
Um, <laughs> so what they do is they are kind of a device design service. So if you're making a hardware crowdfunding project and you need help, these are one of those companies that can help you design it. They've done both from people contacting them prior to the project launching to project finished, mm. you overfunded, and you're like, oh, crap, we need help. How do we, yeah, how do we fulfill? Yeah, yeah. and happens. Um, so that's what they actually do is they're a design company you can work with. And they actually have some – a lot of these – one, they've done a lot of crowdfunding projects, not under the healthier name, but all their employees – and they've helped other projects. Like I think the two biggest projects they've done were the Quiet on headphones and the Aura Ring. And as you can see, my browser just crashed. Um, bomb, bomb. I'll tell uh, you, it looks like a little white knuckle ring. Yep. Do you remember uh, the Aura Ring? Yeah, it was that like mood ring, smart mood ring type thing. Smart mood ring. Uh, yeah, it was sexy and it did well, right? And didn't it raise near near to over a half million? Yeah, like it did well. They, they yeah, they got six hundred fifty one thousand dollars which is, you know, tons of money. So these guys actually have the experience in making those hardware design projects. Um, and what I love about it is since they're all ex-Nokia employees, it's not like these guys are just fresh out of school. They were developing pro- projects and stuff before launching mm-hmm. this company. The funny thing is actually their office is in an old Nokia office. As oh, nice. <laughs> as Nokia sold off their assets and stuff. So they're fitting. like, we'll just get this, come in. Um, so if you're looking for a hardware project, I think these guys are probably a good place. What I wanted to ask you, Drew, is as we've watched crowdfunding mature, especially for a lot of these hardware-based projects, do you think it's a good idea to you know, consult with some of these companies, or is that homegrown garage-built ethos still a good way to go? I honestly think that if, if the thing that you're looking to do is tangible – has any sort of moving part or electronics to it, you have you have to find somebody that's done it and can figure out that like right steps to steps to like market type stuff. Whether you know, like the actual like physical sourcing of parts, because we've seen so many projects that don't don't get it right. Like they're trying to figure it out themselves. Maybe they're trying to find the cheapest way to get their thing put together. Uh, and there's just always so many unknowns when it comes to putting that stuff together. Going with a company like this that says, all right, this is what we do. Let's help you get this thing, you know, idea like con- congealed and ready to go and delivered. I think this is a, uh, honestly, if I was doing anything in the tech sphere, if I had this great idea and I wanted to design and get it bone going, I'd go, I'd go with one of these companies for sure. Yeah. And I, I like these guys too, because not only are they experienced in designing it, they're experience in manufacturing it and that's the nice huge and that's the nice thing about having the legacy of nokia from finland is because they built like over there they are like a huge mega corporation that they've that there's whole industries that are built like manufacturing industries everything nokia had built so they could build everything in finland so they have factories there they know where to go elsewhere in europe and they also know and this is an important one especially if you're building something that's brand new never been seen before if you have to go to China, they're like, we know how to go to the reputable ones that will not rip off right. your designs and sell them by night. Because that, right. that's, that's a huge thing. I mean, you saw the fidget cubes. That you, happened. Did, <laughs> yep. In fact, they were out on the market before the fidget was out on the market. Like, it's it's insane. But I agree. I think that's where you have to protect yourself. You've got to go with somebody that can do it, do it right do it, and, and knows the roads and who to talk to. you got to have a guy. i got a guy. Yeah. So that is Heltian, and if you guys want to find out more, you can go to Heltian.com. They seem like an awesome um, thing, and that's all we have for news. That's it. <laughs> so, 
Oh man, summer. Everybody's outside. I don't understand these people who want to go outside. I am <laughs> I am an indoor person. I know they have uh, indoor cats. I am an indoor person. Um, and since I know how to use the pulling, you don't even need to take me outside. That's it. So easy. So easy. <laughs> Alright. So it is time for our kick shouts, which are our quick Twitter links, shout outs to things. We have two today. Um one of them is again from my trip to Origins. These guys are awesome. I am a fan of their Hero Realms game, and this is kind of their other game that's kind of based on it. It's super popular. So it's called Star Realm Frontiers, and it's a one to four player standalone expansion for the award-winning Star Realms deck building game. So what they're doing uh, is they're coming out with another expansion. They're, they have tons of these, but they want to build another one. And they brought it back to Kickstarter to kind of help people. Um, it is a, Star Realms is a fun game. I, th- I like Hero Realms a little bit more because it's a little faster paced. But Star Realms is still a fun, fun game to play, too. Um, and it's in space. You can't go wrong being in space, right? You love space. <laughs> I watched the beginning part of this video, and I was just like... I thought it was a, just the animations they had. I was like, is this just like, you know, old school, like 2D side scroller? And I had to like start reading the, yeah. you know, the yeah. subtext. I was like, oh, it's a deck builder. Yeah, they get a, to it. Yeah, it's a deck builder card game. And the funny thing is, I, I, I got to tell you this antidote. Um, if you guys, any of you guys watch the Double Burst podcast, um, one of the guys is named Dr. J. And, mm-hmm. um, and, the other, and, and so what we were doing is we were there. We were actually playing in, in a Hero Realms tournament. And, um, as you know, double burst is about dice masters. So one of the guys is named, um, my, is, uh, Mike Elliott. He's the, he's one of the designers of it. He was talking to the creator for star realms, um, at oh. the booth while we were playing. And my buddy is like, Oh, we should get one of the, one of these cards signed for one of the other hosts. Who's, who's a huge fan of the guy of the guy's games. Um, so we, we grab one of the cards, we, we take a Sharpie and they're like, all right, next round of stuff. So, so my buddy goes and sits down and one of the um, uh, white wizards, I think that's the name, white wizards games employees comes up like, Oh, did you want him to get, get something signed or, and then it's like, Oh yeah. It's like, it would be awesome if you could sign this. And she hands him a dice masters card and a pen. And she just like looks at him and, <laughs> and my buddy's like, um, Oh no, we, we wanted Mike to sign it. She thought that, we wanted the, other the, guy. The, the guy who actually created Star Realms, which is Robert Daughtry, to to sign a Dice Masters card, and she's like, it's like, oh, okay, I'm so confused. Oh, that's but, funny. Um, but that's yeah, funny. if you like any kind of deck builders, Star Realms, Hero Realms, they are really quick to pick up. And what I love about Star Realms is that it says it's one um, one to four. But the nice thing is if you want to expand it out, you just buy another deck thing and you can shuffle it in and there you go. You got a six-player game right there. Nice. And um, they've already hit their goal. They've got another 20 days to go, but they're, it's, yeah, it's they're done. Yeah, they're killing it. They're killing it. Um, they're almost at half a million. <laughs> so um, nice. our, cool. our next one is actually from a buddy I actually made, made friends with at Nertacular. He is an awesome il- illustrator. Um, but it's called The Speculative Relationship Volume 3, and it's the third volume of their science fiction romance comics anthology. So he's not hmm. you know, he's not doing all of it, but he has a section of it. His name is Matthew Sargent. His art is super, super cool. I wonder if I can get this. But this whole book is a bunch of kind of space-related love story things. Um, let's see if I can Interesting. Um, so that's the nice thing about anthologies and stuff. But it is. Look at this. I know. I know. By the time that we get this show out, it'll be over. It has nine hours to go, and it is currently only about one hundred and eighty-six dollars away from funding. 
Like this to me is is uh, is amazing because you 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 usually catch your projects as you're looking around and it's like okay they got a couple of days they can do this but this is like really close with really not much time left yeah, and yeah so yeah this definitely caught my eye because uh, Matthew's like oh we are we like four hundred dollars short of our goal right now so this is if you guys are halfway there the, if if you're watching the video version right here this is his illustration and stuff I love his art style and he, he's a cool guy so I wanted to give him a shout out so hopefully somebody can. Go back that. All right. Right now. Right now. Go get yeah, it. Yeah, yes, nine hours. Back. As you hear this, go back it right then. All right. So, Drew, um, those are our kick shots. If you ever have a crowdfunding project you want us to mention, of course, we're always open to it. Um, send us a – you can even do it on Twitter. Send us a Twitter length description of your um, project and the link, and you can email it to uh, kickcast at ktdata.net or just tweet it, Facebook it. We're everywhere. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, all right. So – Drew, I know. Well, you you know I'm a huge vinyl head. Um, you are in a weird like I I don't get vinyl. I love some good sound, but I don't get the scratchy vinyl. But you oh, it, are it's, a, it's, a, a it, geek about vinyl. It is all about the art of going through the sacks at the record store, trying to find something, discovering something, and the art of cleaning the record and. Yeah, I used to do that too. I would dig. I would dig through dumpsters trying to find something worth loving. You also did it as a job, right? Or am I just? Or am I overdating you? (laughs) (laughs) Did the radio station find go digital by that time? We had we had a couple of other. I remember right very beginning. We had a couple of vinyls, but no, it was after. Yeah, I actually. So one of the vinyls in my. I mean, I love the collecting aspect of it as much. You do, and you have some beauties. Yeah, so, nice. yeah. One of the ones I have is it's older than I am. Is a radio station copy of the Transformers movie soundtrack from that's like, the cool. 80s. <laughs> and I can that's cool. I can t- I can tell which one was the one that the radio had played often because the grooves look a little bit more used on that one track. Um, that's awesome. But, but I mean, yeah, I, I love doing this. I mean, I got the Space Jam vinyl, and the actual vinyl itself is like the background of this little purple and um, white swirls and stuff, nice. but. So one of the big problems about vinyl, um, as you know, because I'm staring at my turntable right now, my turntable was not cheap. Um, mm. There, there is definitely a um, a barrier of entry for a lot of this stuff, and um, because I mean, mine is considered a basic level one, and it's already okay. fairly expensive. Um, so this is a nice one, and. Not only that, I have to have that. I have a preamp. I have an external power source. All that good stuff, you know. Like, say you wanted to jump in the vinyl, and you're like, "This is no. way too much stuff," right? Um, yep, but, I could not do it. Most people I know who have vinyl use it more for wall art than anything else. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Um, so, our our first project of the night is. I'm sounding a little crunchy for some odd reason. Um, is a. Everything just blowing up, Drew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you. Um, but it is, it is called the Spinbox, and it is a DIY portable turntable kit. So you're probably going like, uh, what in the world is this, KT? Um, it is a box, essentially, that you get, a cardboard box, and inside the box actually has every piece you need to put together a turntable. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That, that, that's that's the cool thing about it is you the box itself you can you pop out an insert and that's where you put in the platter and you put in all the other pieces and then you wire up the electronics it has speakers built in 
it run and it, and the power source is a USB port, so you can either power it off a wall plug, so using a phone adapter or something, or you can just convert it um, <laughs> into using a battery pack, and that will power it. Um, it has everything you need to put together, and it looks actually pretty nice. So if you see on screen yeah. right now, um, what what's even cooler about it is the there's a line in and a line out. So if you wanted to say plug in your phone and stuff, you could use the speakers without using the turntable portion. Or okay. if you wanted to hook it up into a couple nicer speakers, that works too. Um, I was going to say, like, that's key that they made it somewhat versatile. So it wasn't just a, well, not a one trick, but you know, that there's a, there's an option there for some yeah. Yeah, so usage. You, so you can see on the video right here, it shows you kind of some of the um, sets or the assembly. How interesting. It's, it's fairly straightforward. So it's not overly complicated. You still have to put stuff together, but it's like Ikea level putting stuff together yeah yeah and it's as it reminds me of like the original MakerBot when they would ship you out all the parts and pieces for much cheaper and you build and, and do the erector set style and put the whole thing together and that's kind of what they've done here it's like yeah we'll give you all the parts and pieces tell you how it goes together and then they don't have to worry about labor on their end or you know storage of complete things this is great yeah and that, that's what that's why i love it and guess how much it is without looking at the price uh, I'm gonna guess that we're in like the sixty-five to seventy-five dollar range. Okay, so it's a little more than that. Um, so because it has pl needles and platters, and yeah. I didn't look at all the parts. Yeah, so like some of the electronics is a little bit more expensive. So what they're doing is it's a ninety-nine dollar pledge on on Kickstarter. Um, it's going to retail for one thirty, which sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's not bad though. But if you go to like Target and stuff. They have cheaper turntables. The problem is those are really, really cheap turntables. And what happens right. is those actually can damage your, your vinyl records more than they can playing. Nobody wants so, that. And nobody got time for that. Yeah, so this is actually a pretty good entry-level range because um, a lot of other turntables are probably around 150 or higher, I would say. Um, you can maybe get a used one for around 100 But I like this aspect of you being able to build it yourself, too, so you actually learn... A little yes. bit more about the process stuff, and it, I mean, it even includes the forty-five adapter, <laughs> which I think, nice. which See, I think people is cool. are thinking about that. So they, so like, you don't even need to bring tools because that, that was the other part. Is they mention, and you can see in this animated GIF, they give you the screwdriver that you need to assemble everything too. So you literally just open the box and you can start assembling it without anything else. Oh, see, that is that is. It's the way it's supposed to be right there. Yeah. Sound quality, I, sound quality wise, I looked at their video. It's not the greatest, but I think it's a pretty good entry level. Plus, considering how portable it is, I think they said they wanted right. to make it about an A4 um, size of paper so you could just carry, carry it around. So you can take it apart, put it in the box, take the box with you somewhere and assemble it real quick and like, you know, start playing at the side of a basketball court and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I really like this idea. It's like so, Drew. If if you were wanting to, you know, enter the world of vinyl, would this be tempting enough for you? Maybe that would be tempting. I think the price point's just right, especially to be able to back something at uh, sub one hundred and and have that kind of almost like a little project plus, and then it has that versatility. So yes, if I were vinyl,ly I think I would get into this. So I will track it because I have no vinyl. Yeah. So here's the qu big question: Say your oldest comes to you, Dad. I really kind of want to get into this vinyl LP thing. <laughs> I will. I will take her out and I'll grab her a pair of tight tight pants. And uh, what else does she need for her hipster kit? <laughs> and, I, and I will let her go and do it. Can she we, can do it. Like, would you consider getting her this or something else? 
Oh yeah, I, I, I think she's she likes the the tech and the and especially like the wiring, the diagramming stuff. I think she'd love that part of yeah. it for sure. Plus, it's, a, it's so. a YouTube video for her too. Yeah, right. She'd put it all together and she'd be like, "Let me show you how I make this." Yeah, I I live in this world where everything just comes back to content. In my, in my <laughs> yeah, th- that's the spin box. Yeah, th- this love one that. is yeah definitely a back for me. Um, so that's the spin box, and so kind of going from there, we we kind we kind of have this theme. So, um, actually talking about your hips, you know. Say your daughter goes that hipster route. She's probably wearing those tight pants. And yep. Have you have you ever worn tight pants before? No, I can't. I can't That's, do it. Will not. So, like, the biggest... Okay, there are two biggest problems. One is if you're a guy, there's just compartmental issues that... If you're a guy, <laughs> right. you'll understand. Two, the pockets in, like, tight pants are ridiculous. You can't hold anything in it, right? It's it's just exactly. like you, you can't fit a wallet in there. You barely can fit your keys in there, and sometimes that's uncomfortable because the key's going to start jabbing you inside of the thigh. So I think our next project possibly could be something like that. Plus, with the advent, like I didn't know this until I went to California this year, that you can't get plastic bags without them charging you for plastic bags now. Yeah, there California. are places that do that now. Yeah, yep, it's true. So you have to use your reusable bag, which you're charged, you know, you're going to buy anyway. So the project that I found that I think is is pretty fresh, just getting started, is the ROV, the wallet that turns into a bag. So this is a bag that you will always have with you, but it's your wallet that you can flip open and turn into a bag. There's a pretty good GIF here on the page. But essentially, the idea that the that the creators have is that they wanted to give everybody a tool to help reduce waste, right? Use that reusable bag but still have it with you all the time. And so anytime that you are you know, driving around or riding your bike somewhere, uh, if you find that you buy something or pick up something and you need to have a bag, sometimes you don't take a bag with you. Like I've started, this is crazy, but now that I'm an old man, I've started carrying five or six reusable bags in my van. They just hang off the passenger seat. And there's they're just all variety of different kinds. But I always have my wallet with me too. So for the people that are kind of driving around, or, or uh, they show a lot of bikers, you can convert this wallet that carries all of your essential cards and licenses and things. You unfold it, put everything, like flip it back inside out, and unravel a really, actually a pretty nice bag that you then can, you know, shove things in. And your cards and all the stuff in the wallet stays nicely packed in there, like it's still secure and safe inside. It's not like you know, randomly like stuck out on the side. So it's like you unfold your wallet and the and, wallet's sticking and then, out. And then like your social security card, your right. passport all just flies out. Just lay there. The way that they show this, and you find that gift like you showed there, um, they just have a really like clean way to open it up and put all the parts and things, un- unwind it. And the quality of the of the parts that they've used for this are it's pretty durable, which would have to be if you were constantly like, here's my wallet, here's my bag, here's my wallet. And you've, you've probably seen some of those really tiny bags that um, I get them at like parades. People will throw out the tiniest little bags that that like just they, they of, compress of down. No, um, <laughs> like I have one that's like shaped like a little strawberry that will oh, yeah. wrap up to like a small strawberry about this big. But when you unpack it, it's a really cheap. Not what's the let's say like polyester? No, what is it like parachute pant material? What is that? Uh, the that ripstop material. You mean like this? Yeah, but it's. Is it like that? That's a bag. Yeah. This is a bag. Like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking I like, about. I like how you mentioned strawberry. Like, oh, I got one of those. You got one right there. <laughs> it's like I prepared so, for these episodes. I had no idea. That's exactly what it's like. This, 
this wallet is it looks to be a more durable, higher end, better better capacity, um, far more functional than that little thing there. So I I love that about this project. They've used some really good reinforced stuff. It's branded well. Um, I, I dig it. I think it's a, a really convenient, cool way to be like, oh yeah, I just need my wallet. But you know, everywhere you go, you just bag it up. I don't know what I need. I need a bag. Here it is. My only complaint on this is is the price. What do you, I I just feel it's steep. What do you did you see how much it is? Uh, no. So I'm I'm let's see let's guess. So Throw your it's guess. a wallet, so it can't be lower than thirty bucks, right? Okay. Uh, and then so if it's not lower than thirty bucks, let's say seventy. The retail will be the retail will be sixty five. Yeah. So it's their pledges are at fifty. Early birds are at fifty and fifty five. Yeah, I still feel that's high. Yeah, can I tell people this is one of the things I hate when I have to buy a new wallet and you see the prices and you're like, seriously, seriously, I, I won't have anything to put in my wallet if I have to pay that much money to get my wallet. But you're right, I think that's what it does. I think it's because it not only because it's a wallet, but the wallet has a certain price point. If it was just a convertible bag like <laughs> like the strawberry, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't be at fifty. Yeah, bucks. I, I can't imagine the strawberry I have next to me being like thirty dollars or something. And if you guys no, are wondering why I have that, I got yes. that a long time ago in a in a whoop bag of crap. Um, and it's just hanging uh, out next to the studio. Half the things in the studio are from whoop bag of crap, man. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Okay, right. that right there is the ROV. That's a back for me. I think it is. It's. it's I feel it's a little steep, but I I've had the same wallet for a decade. Uh, but I love, I love, love, love the functionality of always having some some bag with you. My wallets are already that thick, so like it doesn't appear to be any thicker than what I'm used to. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I love this idea too, and the material seems solid. Um, do you know how big this is? Like, is it big enough for me to like carry all my groceries in it? They have a couple where they uh, would be like, well, maybe all your groceries if you're buying a couple of packs of ramen. I don't know. Like they they hold a pretty Drew, good amount of stuff. Me. I don't I don't. It's not just a couple packs of ramen. It's it's all about the Costco bulk for some odd reason. My yeah, I don't think you're gonna get anything bulk in here. It looks like uh, uh like two lunch lunch bags or something. Like it looks like guys holding it on the side. It looks like you could fit maybe a larger book. Certainly no laptops or anything, but it would be like convenience store type purchases mm-hmm. maybe so if, yeah if i ran out for lunch and wanted to get just you know some quick fixings and stuff that would fit uh, yeah the, the better question i should have asked is how much gaff tape can you fit in here ah see now you throw that <laughs> in your bag and you could have probably three or four rolls because <laughs> that's yeah. important guys it's not about the groceries it's about how much gaff tape you can carry that's right time. that's right <laughs> a couple of c47s or whatever they're called the, what are they called yeah, yeah 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 there's there's c, i think they're c47s if you guys ever want, if you guys ever wonder what a C forty seven is, it's literally a clothespin. But for it's some reason, pin. everybody in the in the production industry likes to call them C forty seven. So you don't know what they're talking about. And I guess do it that with a lot of things. I do that with a lot of things just to make you feel dumb. <laughs> All right, so kind of it's back. Yeah, so so kind of continuing on our path of being green and not using plastic bags and stuff. Um, Drew, do you, your office did they? eventually add in a window or did you No, i know i still have no window downstairs okay so this may not be as applicable unless you're doing (laughs) hydroponics um but do you do you try to grow any kind of plants or something indoors like in a pot or in a you know in a we've given up or anything in my house and we still joke about how like what plants will live like you'll see an advertisement for like a cactus that's like never needs water and then i'll point it out to peach and i'll be like this is it this is the one you want 
because we'd kill a lot of flowers in our house. I feel like I need to buy you a lot of plastic flowers. Like <laughs> yearly, I'm just gonna bring in boatloads of flowers that you guys can rotate through. So just no rotate remembers. through. No one remembers that you have those flowers. The only thing that we've kept alive somehow is we have a a lemon tree that we bring in during the winter, but it's almost two and a half years old and going strong. It gives us lemons. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right, so. Um, I mean, even with the tree, you're always kind of working with the potting soil and changing it oh, and yeah. stuff, right? So yep. our our last project of the night is called Paper Soil, and it allows you to grow plants using 100% recycled paper instead oh. of soil. And it, it's not... Uh, and Drew just disappeared. Um, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Am I back? Sorry. Yep. yep. <laughs> Thanks, Skype. I just barely promoted people to use you too. Um, okay, <laughs> so but so instead of using soil, you use pa- recycled paper into your potted plant. So you're not obviously going to go do you know that replace a whole field with recycled paper. Um, no, but it's super cute. It's like it's the the look is just. Yeah. yeah, but so it that that's what drew me to it is I'm like that was paper. I thought these were rocks or something when I first saw them. But the you you know it's I guess jar planting is a thing I don't know I'm I'm with Drew where I growing things is kind of beyond my <laughs> realm of speciality I could probably time lapse something growing but growing something itself that's a little difficult <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see where were the so what's what's cool about it is you can make different col- um colors and stuff and then they give you a list of stuff that you can grow so. I don't know some of these names, uh, like uh, Mimosa Pudica. Mint, I can say mint. So you can grow mint, sunflowers, whatever cat grasses, um, cherry radishes, a whole bunch of these stuff. Um, but what's cool about it is up to four, you know, already four days, you can start seeing stuff sprout. See, I could I could That's make cool. that animated GIF. I probably couldn't grow this. Uh, <laughs> Um, I can make a gift, but I can't make it grow. Yeah. Um, oh. So, oh, look, there's even a cactus that you can use for it. So it's just a really cool, like, idea to use paper instead of soil. And they have different colors, too. So you can white, pink, green, blue, orange, and purple. I think that's the coolest part of it. Like, that is just good looking. Like, it's just fun. It's just, you don't, you can't color your soil that, and you're not going to grow them in colored rocks. Yeah, but this colored paper. Yeah, which which is great, and I, I guess it works. I if If you are a botanist or... Anybody in along that lines and just, you know, say, KT, Drew, you guys are idiots. This would never work. <laughs> let, let us know. But it looks like it's working, right? I, Stuff's yeah. growing. It's green. <laughs> it works. Um, but, yeah, I, I just love it because it adds that little more style. And, you know, I, I see a lot of that indoor planting kind of stuff being more popular now where people like having their fresh herbs and stuff around all the time. Um, I just saw the stuff that says put it in your car and they've got like – Mounted to the dash of the car, a couple of, couple of these. I don't think that would work pots. too well in Utah when the temperatures get a hundred plus outside. <laughs> Burn it right up. <laughs> oh, I love it though. I yep. love it. Um, but yeah, I just love that mixture of it and just being able to add that little artistic flair um, to it. I don't know. Does this sound like something you would get somebody that you know that actually has a green thumb? Not me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's totally unique, and I think it's fantastic for like an office, you know, that has a window that can grow things. But I think it's a really cool, just, just spark of spark of uh, color. They're about ten percent of their goal so far, and they still got a month to go. But I hope, I hope to see 
the paper soil guys make this happen. I love it. Yeah, and I, I love how it's all recycled paper too. So it's not like cutting down new trees to grow this. Sure, right. That's even, great. Even though I just had an inception moment that we're using dead trees to grow fake trees. <laughs> Smaller little trees. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, and it seems not too bad. Like 12 bucks for a pack of paper soil, uh, 15 yeah. for an early one. And they give you a glass jar. So like oh, these great. jars that they show on, so you can make the cool color styles. I do wonder how long it takes for the paper and stuff to degrade. I don't think they mentioned that anywhere. Um, hmm. You have to wait for it to degrade before you can do anything, or is I that have, just part of the process? I, I don't know, man. I <laughs> like I said, I mean, you and I, we are probably not the experts you want to ask I don't about know green things. Stuff. <laughs> I don't know green things. I know green screens, but not green things. Like it just starts. I mean, it says the grow period, like one hour, eighteen hours, one day, two days, yeah, three so, days. Like yeah, it, I'm assuming uh, you can just pour and go, and yeah. it's good, and it should last you for a while until the paper degrades, and then you just buy more and redo a cool new design. I I, I like how they have the lines and they have the mixed up ones, and they kind of have like these diagonal splitty thing bobbers that look pretty cool. But uh, yeah, this I would I would get so artsy with this. I'd be so hardcore artsy. You oh, think about it. You could. You could use this and your brick case, and you could all, like have coordinated green stuff for the two days that your plant's alive. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right. So now it is time for our sack of the week. All right. This so, is good stuff. There are some good sacks so, out there. So I, I wanted to. So so just imagine this, Drew. You live in a world where. Technology has advanced so far that you do not need to leave your house ever. What? In terms of shopping and stuff, no longer are you confined by the screen where you cannot touch and feel anything. You can put on a headset and feel like you're sitting in the middle of a Macy's with like 10,000 other guys not knowing what they're doing and picking up a pair of pants and seeing if those are right for you or if you're just, you know. I'm doing this in my living room, right? Yeah, wearing no pants. Ready ready shopper one. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, pretty much. This is, this is, like, this is amazing. This, this, so, Are you coming up with this? This is a great idea. Are you coming, no, are you no, this, this down? I, I, I got this straight off virtual reality shopping. <laughs> a oh. virtual application <laughs> that allows you to be at home while you're walking through the grocery store or department store shopping. This is our sack of the week. Um, this is a great idea. How come this is the sack? What are they doing because wrong? How come this doesn't happen? Apparently, after the millennials, you have Generation V, which stands for Generation Virtual. And it, re- it made the person who created this that the future is going to be awesome and different than we could imagine. So imagine you don't have to drive to the grocery store or any- anymore to I buy don't. your groceries. It's called Amazon Live Fresh. Well, yeah, yeah, Fresh Prime, yeah. <laughs> uh, Post- Postmates. Uh, or imagine your body walking through any department store while sitting at your couch at home. I want to create an application or experience that will give you the sensation of actually being present in a department store. You can see, feel, touch the items you want to purchase, put them in your basket, and purchase them at all, um, them all with virtual goggles. Your items will be delivered to your home and you're done. My goal is eventually to create cameras that allow you to be somewhere in real time while you're actually sitting at home. I can see the future. The future is virtual reality. 
Nice pitch, man. That's nice. That's solid. Um, I don't. I don't think. Oh no. Yeah, like all of these things, like the virtual goggles in some realms exist. There's VR in a couple of different places. We have our Amazon and our Amazon Prime. Like, you're, you're, I can still you're, shop this easily. So, so I have a friends that live in Vegas. Oh. I, I know they don't watch the show. They like they they they've told me that like I could go a week without ever leaving the house. I get, get all my groceries delivered via Amazon Prime now within two hours. I can get cooked meals from Postmates. Uh. Everything just comes delivered ah. to me. Um, so yeah, there's. I mean, there's. You don't need this. Yeah, this is. This seems a little too ambitious, a little too vague. Too. I mean, because the Oculus Rift. But as you were saying, the Oculus Rift, it's there. Yeah, um, and the other thing that like surprises me too is she's like, you can have a virtual avatar. They have these things. You have virtual avatars. You can have like uh, roving. What are they called? Like avatar dude dealies. Uh, yeah, they're they're um, <laughs> presence like telepresence yeah, robots, yeah, right? Tele- you can yeah. have this. I, I mean, we see them at CES all the time. There's that company <laughs> Beam that made that giant one that's like a twenty foot one that fills up the whole convention floor. That actually yep. works. Um, I've I did one where I went to the booth and and uh, a robot rolled up to me and I had a conversation with somebody that was in their business you know their office far far away but they were still able to like pour me a drink or hand me cards or something like they're they're robots that can take your place so I I think this project uh, was kind of conceived uh, I don't know too, what with... unconceived I don't know it's just too it's, it is vague um, it says I work in the grocery industry, so I think that you know we can do this. There's going to be obstacles. Maybe we're going to need more delivery drivers. I feel like they haven't seen what really exists and ex- and looked at that next level of like, where does my idea fit? Because this stuff is kind of already in a way there. And what they're talking about is like Matrix style, like with with like haptic gloves or something where you can. I don't know. I think it's coming. But her $50,000 is not going to be enough yeah, to cut it. So she wants $50,000. And then this is always a pet peeve I tell people is that she only has one pledge, which is $500. One tier, yeah. one tier 500 bucks. She gives us a year for her to develop all of this stuff, which is kind of nice of her. But yeah. know, I always like, if you just throw in that $1 pledge, you are far more likely to get somebody who will back like a buck just to stay update, you know, for your updates and stuff. If you put right. that pledge there. Um, right. If I have to manually type it, I'm, I'm really, I'm lazy and I'm very less inclined to. Yeah, and it, even just with the rewards and the other things, like you can come up with some minor rewards in this thing. You don't have to have, like the 500 is like whoever gives me the highest pledge amount gets the first piece of software and goggles. Yeah, not to mention this cover picture she put the scream stock photo that she might not have even paid the royalty license for. Yeah, yeah it's pretty low res. So I think that as a sack of the week, this the point that the consulting that we would do on this is that your project a little bit more. Like you gotta you gotta go from at least the kitchen table or, or the munchies like brainstorm to a napkin at least. <laughs> Talk it out with somebody second or third and be like, Hey, what do you think of these ideas? Before you get all the way to like throwing it up onto this. Yeah, and Kickstarter. Like, see if you actually, you know, research your market. Because I, I yeah. have a hard time seeing anybody who would want to do this when they already have what's existing already. Yep. That's it. That's the sack of the week. Hope you learned something from yeah, that one. So that is the sack of the week. And unfortunately that is the end of this episode. Uh for all you want people watching live and 
possibly for you people watching at home after the fact. Apologize for the technical issues, but hey, we record everything live here and we don't script anything. Um, no, we roll with the punches yeah. and with the dropouts. Yep. So um, if you guys have any suggestions for sacks of the weeks or for um, regular projects, kick shouts, anything at all, you can always reach us by shooting us an email. Double or not double burst. Wow. No, it's not. Um, no, 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 that's, that's a different show. One. I say that one every week. So it, it comes to the tip of my tongue. Um, you can email us kickcast at ktdata.net or leave it at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash kickcast. Or you can tweet us because tweeting us is probably the quickest way to get a response from any of us. At Ooh. night 20 with a K for Drew, at KT Data for myself, and at kickcast for the show. Um, Drew, you got anything to plug? I know the documentary is chugging along full speed. It- it is. It is full speed. I'm trying to like carve out a few more days to put some time into it. In exactly two weeks, I'm supposed to have some sort of teaser to show the team that was there. It's kind of like a reunion to say, hey, we're back together. What are we going to follow up on? And hey, here's something coming. Um, so I might, I'm actually on the cusp of starting a Facebook page for the documentary. I just don't have a name for it yet. So it's kind of hard to be like, follow this page. And it'll be like the Drew and Stacy documentary that is yet to be named. Yeah, isn't that how the movie industry does it? Untitled um, Tyler documentary. That's kind of, uh, in fact, that's probably (laughs) what I should just, Untitled Tyler documentary, forthcoming. But I have lots of cool things I can share. I have lots of clips and bits that I really want to get out there. So you'll see some action if you follow me on socials. Please do. You'll see some action on those fronts. Yep. All right. So if you guys want to watch us live... um, and it's always fun to watch us live because things blow up all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you can find us. Our next one is August 1st. And hopefully the studio will be a little cooler than where I am right now. Um, and you can always find that at live.kickcast.com or twitch.tv forward slash kickcast or on the social medias. They get posted everywhere. Um, Facebook is archiving all these videos now. So we can go back and see how all the shenanigans that we had. Yes. <laughs> all right. We lived a moment. Yep. Drew, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody else. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.